our spirit. What is it? Where does it go? Are we able to see them using our mind's eye? If so, just what can spirit teach us? Welcome to School Through Spirit. Host Diet Renee is a certified psychic medium and master teacher of psychic and mediumship development through LWISSD. Diet was born knowing spirit and now is here to help you better understand the spirit world. And now your host, Diet Renee. everybody this is jet here on school through spirit with wltkdb.com this is so, a show of which i talk about different things of a spiritual nature and also guests now today i have got miss lindsay miss lindsay eastburn and she is from hypno hypno fertility hypno fertility so she is going to be just an incredible lady um, we're going to talk more about her in a little bit. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, Lori. How are you guys doing? Um, and for Tim or anybody else that hasn't got on yet, go, good, I must be psychic. I knew Tim was coming. Good morning, Tim. Um, so, good morning, Jamie. How are you doing? Oh, I love that. I love it when people call me doll and things like that. I just feel so special. Good morning, Paula. Wow, everybody's up and ready today. I love this. I love this. Um, I feel like I need to share this today, and I don't even know why. So I think this is going to be an important show. And with that being said, and I apologize, guys, for being a little late, but me and Ty were just chit-chatting and having a great time. And you know what? I apologize, but some days we just need to have the chit-chat, don't we? So we were doing that. Um, oh, my gosh. I got to, I'm sharing this really quick on one of my pages, guys. So... You know, if you guys want to share it, feel free to do that. Get the word out, spread it out and about, let the world know. Yes, psychic, but I told you I'd be here. You did. Good morning, Miss Michelle. Good morning. Thank you. I am feeling so much better here and here and everywhere. Good morning, Keith. But now my nose, my nose is blowing. My sinus is a clear. I'm not sick in any way. I'm not sick. So if you hear me blow my nose, it sounds disgusting. I'm not sick, but for whatever reasons, my sinuses have decided to clear themselves up from all the way up here, all the way down. So that's been happening. But you know, at the end, it ends up feeling so much better. So it's okay. So this morning, we're bringing out the book. I did get my account back last night. Miraculously, Spirit told me to go do this, this, and this. I went and did this, this, and this. What I was trying to do didn't work, but I got my account back. I wasn't even trying to get that back. But I don't care. We're using this book anyway because. This is the Neil Bible. We love to stay, but I have to go back to work. Have a great, oh, have a great day, Keith. So we are going to go to the book. We're going to go to the book and we're just going to open a page. Okay. Ooh, this sounds like a good one. I read it and I don't know why I read it because I'm going to do it anyway, but it's almost like my ego going, oh my gosh, this is what we want, but we're going to do it. It says tragedy, and I don't know who needs this today, but it says tragedy. But it kind of makes sense because a lot of people are coming to me and talking to me about stuff that are kind of tragic in their life. So tragedy, in a moment of great tragedy, the challenge always is to quiet the mind and move deep within the soul. Damn. It says, fear not, I, for I am with you. 
This is what poetry has to say to the person facing tragedy. And that in your darkest hour, I will be your light. In your blackest moment, I will be your cons consolation. In your most, oh, it is page 170, Tim. In your most difficult and tried time, I will be your strength. Therefore, have faith. For I am your shepherd, you shall not want. I will cause you to lie down in green pastures. I will lead you beside still waters. I will restore your soul and lead you into the paths of righteousness for my name's sake. And yeah, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil. For I am with you. My rod, my staff, and my staff will comfort you. I am preparing a table before you in the presence of your enemies. I shall anoint your head with oil and your cup will run over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow you in all the days of your life and you will dwell in, the my, in my house, in my heart forever. I sound like a freaking pastor, but I think that was needed. I really do. And I'm glad I didn't read this beforehand because I probably would have reread I really read it. And, oh, I don't want to, I, want, I don't want to do scripture. But I think this is really needed, okay? And I think people need to have recognition of this. So I want to go back to the first thing he wrote and then talk more about that without the, the beautiful words next to it. But it says, tragedy, in the moment of great tragedy, the challenge always is to quiet the mind and move deep within the soul. And I'll tell you, that's huge. That is really huge. Um, because so often... And I will tell you what, over the course of this last week, I've had more people come to me with either tragedy in their life uh, presently or past. And it's still really affecting them. It's still really affecting them. And people so often will use tragedy and they don't even realize, you know, it's, it's big. It happens. They move beyond it. They think it's behind them. And it really isn't. It really isn't. It's really affected their life in really a hard way. Because so often, good morning, Stephanie, because so often when tragedy happens, we want to dwell on it. But we don't want to experience the pain of it. And I don't know that doesn't make sense. But in one hand, we want to dwell on it. We want our body wants to sit with it and sit with it and sit with it. But we don't want to take it apart we don't want to we we want to dwell without all-encompassing looking at it all why did this happen why did this occur what am i to learn from this where am i going with this what is the reason for this going into the depths of this what can my soul tell me about what has happened we always want to look at things and go Oh, good morning, Sherry. We always want to look at things and we want to, you know, go, oh my God, there's so much evil in the world. Oh my God, people have died. Oh my gosh, this has happened to me. Oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened to somebody else. Now, I'm a firm believer that a lot of things, if not everything, happens for a reason. I, I'm a firm believer. I mean, that is like my quote everything happens for a reason. It's just that we have to find the reason. Now, and I do believe that with everything. So, you know, please don't anybody come back at me like, oh, my God, children and cancer and war and all that stuff. You know, <clears throat> I tend to see a very large picture. And I know I'm not seeing the whole picture because I'm still here on Earth, but I see a very large picture. 
And it is because of the tragedy in my life. It is because of everything I've experienced. And trust me, for anybody that understands astrology, I have a yod in my sign. I have got an astrology chart, which anybody can go to one of my Facebook pages and see it because it's there and it's going to be there for life because I can't access that page. But I've had a lot happen. Within that life of mine, within that life of mine, I finally went from dwelling on things and surviving things to going in and dissecting things. Why did it happen? Going deep. Going really deep. And I'm a firm believer that when you have things happen, it's time to go deep. It's time to go in here and fix what has happened. And when I say fix, you're not going to get duct tape on this, guys. You're not going to do duct tape, hammers, and nails, and oh my, and just be amazing when this is done. Because you are forever going to be changed. But you do go into the experience. You go into the experience and you look at things. And you look at things from all sides. Every single side. But there's a key to this. And it's a key that I do believe a lot of counselors miss, friends miss, we miss. Because when tragedy occurs, when tragedy occurs, and especially if we put time between the event and when we're finally ready to deal with it, and if it's years, you've had a lot happen in your life. You've had an incredible amount happen. You are no longer the same person that you were when that event happened. So you have to go back to the person you were when the tragedy happened. You have to go back to that moment, that day, that age. And you have to look at your at it from how that person was looking at it. Not the person with extra wisdom. Because the person with extra wisdom is going to rationalize it away. The person with extra wisdom is not going to go deep and go, ooh, what's going on? So you really have to go back. So if this tragedy happened when you were a child, you have to go back to the age of the child and go, how did I see it as that age? Was I mad at my mommy? Was I mad at my daddy? Was I mad at my teachers? Did nobody notice? Did nobody understand? Did I not get it? You go deep. Why did this occur? Now, the really screwed up thing about this, really, really screwed up thing about this, is that you're going to go through this. You're going to go deep in the soul and you're going to see everything that's happened and how it affected you from every angle. And when it's done and you're done crying and you're done with it all and you really are feeling lifted, you're feeling as if, finally, I can let this go. Finally. And it's pretty awesome because you've gone deep and you've gone to that soul and you've really done the work. And it's that shadow work, guys, that that nasty term that terms that we don't like. You are gonna get a sense of relief. You're gonna get a sense that this is not gonna occur again. That pattern is going to change. That pattern is gonna lift, it's gonna change, and that part of your life that's been reoccurring. Over and over and over again, it's going to go bye-bye. Huge, right? Well, then you're going to move on with life. And that's where the wise person in you is going to start playing a role. Because that memory is going to come up again. Guarantee you. 
even though you've gone back, even though you've healed it, even you've done all the work, it's going to come back and it's going to come back over and over again. Because as you grow and you get wiser and as you change, when you look back on that, when that memory comes up again, you're like, why the heck am I thinking about that again? You're going to look at it and you're going to take a kaleidoscope view and you're going to turn the kaleidoscope and you're looking to look at it from different colors. Rose-colored glasses, green-colored glasses, red-colored glasses, blue-colored glasses. You're going to look at it from a different angle, a wiser angle. And this is an opportunity for you to go back in and learn something more from an event that's already occurred. It's cool how this happens because then you don't have to relive the events again. I mean, how many can put their hands up that have been in that awful relationship and every relationship afterward seemed to be awful yet again? You can say that's my type of person or you can say, I never got it the first time around. So life has put it in front of me again and again and again. Can you figure it out? That's pretty dynamic. That's pretty cool. Okay. So that's what we're talking about. When you hear a medium look at you or a psychic look at you, even a therapist look at you and says, you need to go deeper. You need to find a deeper understanding. That's what we're talking about. It's going in. But I also want you to know that no matter what, no matter what, you're never alone in this world. Never alone. I always tell people this is a lot of times how things happen. Because we're so successful at surviving our lives. Okay? We're so successful at surviving. When I talk about surviving, crap happens. Up, oh, Put it in the past. Don't look at it. Don't need to deal with it. Let's just move on. That's what we do. Right? That's called surviving our life. Happens again, got through it, put it behind us, surviving our life. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, those memories come up. Why am I going through this? Why? Why do I have to deal with this? I don't want to deal with this. I say it all the time. And then I have to stop and remember, Spirit wants me to heal. Spirit wants me to heal. And the wonderful words of James on Prague, and I'm going to tell you James on Prague because he wrote it in one of his books, and he wrote it this way. What you do not do on earth, you have to do in heaven. What you don't do on earth, you have to do in heaven. Wow, that's pretty huge, isn't it? Huge. I'm telling you, I don't want to deal with my crap in heaven. I want to deal with it here. When I get to heaven on the other side, I don't want to have to waste a moment trying to figure out all of this. Now, I know when I get there, I'm going to have to fine-tune. The fine-tuning is going to happen, but I don't want to have to deal with all of it. So what am I going to do? I'm going to do the work here. Good morning. Don't know who you are, but good morning with your plus sign. Good morning. Um, but I want to play. Is it, is it Jess? I don't know who that is. I'm just saying Justin. No, it just comes with hearts. I'm not sure. Anyway, so it's doing that. It's it's dealing with this stuff now. Oh, good morning, Nick. Thank you. <laughs> I thought Jess, I went, nope, it's not Jess. It's not Jess. Um, but it's dealing with that stuff. It's going with them. Okay. There's a reason for everybody, God, if you have medical conditions. 
if you have anxiety, if you have mental issues going on, all of this going on, there's reasons for it, guys. Good morning, Courtney. Good morning. It still screams like a little girl. Over Nick? <laughs> a lot of girls scream over Nick. Um, now Nick is blushing. <laughs> I can almost feel it. Um, but you go in and you deal with this, guys. You deal with it. Okay? I want you guys to look at this stuff. I want you to look at your life. I want you to go back and go, wow, where can I fix something in here? Now, I know it sounds crazy that you can fix these conditions, okay? You've had doctors look at you and say, you're going to have anxiety, you're going to have it for life. They'll give you a pill. Oh, but nobody can get you to deal with it. They'll give you a pill. Let's take you back to when it started. Were you always anxious? Were you born anxious? Do you have to do shadow work to the womb? You have to go into wherever that tragedy started. And yes, guys, tragedies can start in the womb. They can. Tragedies can start at early life. It, there is no age limit on this. None. Okay? But it is you going, I need to go in. I need to find a reason. Now, there's a ton of things we can do while you're working on this. There's a ton of things. Because like I said, spirit is there. Spirit's going to bring you this information. Spirit's going to bring up the memory. Spirit's going to give you the heal. Spirit's going to walk with you through this. They're not going to leave you alone. Your loved ones are walking with you on this. They're not going to leave you alone. But they also gave you tools. Lots and lots of tools. Okay? Meditation is a tool. Bubbling up buttercup is a tool. You know, spirituality is a tool. There are so many tools out there. Phone a friend is a tool. Because sometimes you have to phone a friend to say, I need a different perspective because I'm not figuring this out. But all these things are amazing. And all these things are going to get you to the next point in life. Okay? And I want you to be able to do this. I want you, when these memories come up, because when they come up, they're telling you, oh my gosh, it's time. It's time to be a healthier version of you. It's time for you to get to a point where you feel things. Because how many other people can put up that hand and say, I truly don't feel everything that I can. How many of you experience joy? And I love using that term, how many of you experience joy? A lot of people know what it is. A lot of people read about it. But how many people can go in here and go, I feel joy? Very few. Very few people in the populace can go in there. Very few people in the populace can say, I'm truly happy. This isn't happy moments of laughter and fun and whatever, but truly happy where you can just sit there and go, wow, man. This is amazing. So I want you to do that work this week, guys. I want you, if a memory comes up, I want you to do the work. I want you to start it, go in and go, wow, let's begin this. Okay? But I will guarantee you, if you want to start it, it's not going to stop. By the time you get to the end, those feelings are going to be there. You're going to realize that tragedy was there, and there's going to realize that so much you can learn from. 
So with that being said, guys, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, I'm going to bring in Lindsay. But this is Jan here on School Through Spirit with WLTKDB.com. See you in a bit. Have fun for a great cause at the Broadhead Manor Fundraiser, July 1st, 2023. Help save the roof and restore this iconic building to its natural state. There will be a silent auction, raffles with your chance to win some amazing prizes, like psychic readings, and books by authors Chad Lewis, Todd Bates, and Christina Bloom. Attire from Expedition Entity and We Are Paranormal and more. Join the fun July 1st at Broadhead Manor from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Bring the whole family. There's face painting and games for the kids and vendors, psychics, food, and more for the adults. Broadhead Manor, where numerous spirits call home. Located in Broadhead, Wisconsin. For more information, find them on Facebook. Morning, everybody. Welcome back here. This is Dan here on School Through Spirit with WLTKDB.com. I just want to read the bio to you of Miss Lindsay here. Miss Lindsay has for over 20 years been an author, a board certified hypnotherapist, um, and has been helping people globally in their pre pregnancy and pregnancy journeys. Lindsay is a founder and creator of Hypno Fertility and owns her own private practice and training facility, the Hypno Fertility International. Through her work in hypnosis, Lindsay helps bring balance to the spiritual and physical worlds and guides babies to their mothers. Hypnofield Fertility is an innovative program created to help those struggling with infertility. Doctors and fertility clinics worldwide support her program, including Dr. William Kiltz and Dr. Mary Bell. I'm going to mess up this name. Verdalis from the C, um, I think that's Central um, New York Fertility. Dr. Mark Bush from Conceptions Productivity Associates and Dr. Dorothy Struck from Precious Pregnancies in Germany. In 2003, Lindsay expanded her practice and began to train others in her methods. Thus was the creation of hypnofertility training. Lindsay has been featured nationally on Lifetime Television Network, ABC and CBS News on national and international radio programs, including KOSI After Dark, and has been a guest on Toronto's Breakfast Television and Canada's At Home Morning Show. And I'm really sorry because I almost said After Dark Paranormal for some reason. And <laughs> so I I almost messed that up, guys. But I'd like to bring in Lindsay and have her tell you more about her. Welcome, Lindsay. Hi, Dia. Thanks so much for having me here today. I am so happy to have you. I wanted to bring that up and look here to read it, and my email won't come up on my computer for anything, so here I am. (laughs) It's always the way, way, isn't it? (laughs) It is. It is. So after that, oh my gosh, it's a beautiful bio, but I want to take you back to why you got started in this. I mean, how did this really begin? 
That's really interesting because there's seven, seven, I don't know where the seven came from, several, I guess we're, we must be tuning into something because you said cozy after dark and they actually did do a lot of paranormal stuff on there. So that's pretty funny. Yeah. That you <laughs> so I'm not sure where the seven, but several different ways um, that I came into this very, very spirit motivated. I kind of feel like, you know, I just got picked up and dropped into various places that uh, we're all going to come together for this. Um as a child, I was always very concerned that women who really wanted a baby wouldn't be able to have one. And I don't know why, you know, um, consciously at least, but it really, really bothered me that that people who really wanted children who would love them and, and just that was, you know, their part of their heart wouldn't be able to have them. And it was back in 1978 when uh, the first so-called um, test tube, I say that in quotes, uh, baby was born, Louise Brown. And I was nine and I was sitting, I just remember this so clearly, I was sitting in the backseat of my parents' car and this, this, um, it came on the news and I just took this, this deep breath, this relief and oh, thank goodness. Now women who, you know, really want a baby will be able to have them. So it wasn't quite as cut and dried as that, but, um, I was really, really, really happy to hear that. Yeah. And, uh, later on, um, I'd had my first son and that was the only baby I was supposed to have. That was my son. I was quite happy with that. And a spirit baby showed up and he said, I'm coming to you and you're having me and my name is Dylan. And uh, kind of that's that. Right. And I said, well, no, because, you <laughs> know, uh, there's not supposed to be another baby and all of that. And, you know, you can't really argue with a spirit baby. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh quite a few things uh happened there and sure enough dylan showed up um dylan james he gave me his name he said you can call me dylan james or james dylan but that's kind of it that's my name and we did go with dylan um and even though he was born in the time of 90210 it wasn't a beverly hills 90210 dylan Right. I love that. I was wondering. Because <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? He has a picture from when he was in high school um, called the five Dylans <laughs> from all of their class. Oh, I love that. So, yeah, so that was a part of it. And also sort of in the meantime, I, you know, was I've always been into, if you will, the the spiritual stuff. I mean, when I was a little kid, I was watching, you know, Merv Griffin or, or you know, those those uh, talk shows from back in the day. And watching Yuri Geller, you know, and his psychic abilities and his bending spoons and, and watching about the Bermuda Triangle and watching about past life regression. And, and I could talk about all of those things, even as a little kid. Right. And so all of these things were kind of coming together. I ended up getting transferred. I'm originally from Toronto to the U.S. Uh, back in, gosh, what was it, 93. And I was just kind of picked up and dropped into Georgia, just outside of Atlanta, beautiful at least <laughs> I had to leave my spiritual group and back in the day no no um zoom no anything and it was kind of hard to do that stuff by phone yeah. and you know so I was looking for something else and I found this woman who uh was teaching a a um, crystal enhancement course okay. and I wasn't really looking for that but something you know there's no coincidences right so something I felt like I needed to be there. The ad I was looking, or I was looking through this me metaphysical um, magazine and this ad that she had in there came up twice. Okay. And I told her that she says, it's not supposed to be in there twice. <laughs> I 
And well, it is. And when I talked to her, like my just the energy just I started heating up. And, you know, long story short, I went there to her training. We ended up doing um, meet your spirit guides. Okay. And so I met one of my guides and my guide came through and we were supposed to do this automatic writing. And my guide only gave me three words over, you know, a few months, a couple of months or so. I got one word, which was meditate. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm doing that. This part of what I'm doing and I'm spending a lot of time in meditation and can I, can I have some more information? And the other guides were writing, you know, paragraphs and pages for, for the other students and my guides giving me one word. And eventually I get the word listen. Well, that oh. makes sense. Meditating, listen. Uh, can I have something else now? Do you have some paragraphs? No. And then I got the word trust. And those were my three words ever from that guide who's still with me. Um, meditate, listen, trust. So that makes sense. That's, that's really what, you know, if you, if you boil it down, that's, that's life. That's, that's mm -hmm. the, the key to life. You know, that, that is a system. If we follow that and meditate doesn't have to be literal meditation, but really going into the silence, you know, in some way, be it meditation, hypnosis, be it having a Reiki treatment or practicing Reiki, be it um, taking a walk in nature, practicing mindfulness, taking some breaths, soaking in the bath, all of those kinds of things. So if we incorporate those, it makes it much easier for us to listen yeah. and then eventually trust. And so basically I used this to bring my son in to the world. So that's how that kind of ties through. Oh, wow. Okay. And so he had sort of kicked it off that I end up in all of these things. And then this is what I end up using to bring him through. And, and down the line, I end up, so I end up, I end up taking Reiki from this woman who wasn't even trained in Reiki when I started working with her. Oh, wow. And so she finds, you know, this amazing uh, energetic work called Reiki. And I'd say, oh, I have to take that. I have to have that. And I do the Reiki training with her. And that was also part of Dylan. So I, you know, the Reiki helped as well with that meditate, listen, trust. And by the time I got my Reiki master, I was pregnant with Dylan. So he came through with Reiki master energy. He came through bringing that with him. Right. And he always talked about all of this stuff, even as soon as he could talk, he talked about how he picked me and how he was, you know, how things were. And even, you know, when he was 16 years old, he's, he was still talking about that, which how many 16 year old boys do you know that are up for talking about, oh yeah, when I was a spirit baby and then I contacted you and then this happened and so forth. Exactly. And so all of those things kind of ended up tying together. I ended up teaching Reiki. I thought, oh, hypnosis would be a nice compliment to Reiki. Mm -hmm. Let me take some hypnosis training. In the first hour, I knew that this was what I was supposed to be doing. Right. First hour of training and ended up immediately um, affiliated with the school that I trained with. And well, then the universe decided to drop me in Denver. Right. Well, I actually, I went to Chicago first, which I apparently got picked up, dropped in Chicago for my training and then picked up and dropped in Denver. And, uh, yeah. So I met my husband, my current husband at um, National Guild of Hypnotists Convention in, uh, gosh, 90, must have been, when was that? 98, I think. Nope, 99. Anyway. Um, and I had planned to move back to Toronto while the universe is like, nope, can't go there. You need to go to Denver, which later I found out was a hub 
for infertility treatment. Some of the best clinics in the world were here at that time. That is cool. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? And so my husband was in private practice. So I joined his practice and immediately women needing help with infertility started to show up. So I never set out to do it, but see, once you see how the people start showing up, then it kicks back to all of this because as soon as, you know, there wasn't any training, there wasn't any, there wasn't a thing as far as hypnosis for fertility went. And so I ended up creating it, developing it because I had to, because this was what was needed. Right. So I couldn't kind of say when I grow up, I want to do this. It didn't even exist. But when the hypnosis was so effective for helping women who'd been told, you know, you've got a 0% chance or a less than 1% chance. And in some cases, you know, you need to go home and make peace with this. Maybe you can adopt. And people, you know, just that's just not good. And people would say, women would say to me, I know there's a baby there. I can feel it. Mm -hmm. And I just would say, I believe you. I believe you. I mean, here I am in the back of my mind going, yeah, sure. There's these talking spirit babies that show up and tell you that you're going to have them, whatever your plans are. Right. Right. So I knew this, I'd always been in touch, but I knew this and I would work with them and they would get pregnant um, without even having any medical assistance, even though they'd been told they weren't candidates for like IVF, for example. Right. And so um, I saw how effective it was. And this just brought all of that, that back from my childhood of, oh my gosh, this I want to do. This gives me that chance to help people have babies who really truly want them and are having trouble for whatever the reason is. And so this is where it became hypnofertility. Like I was so surprised because I did work with birthing hypnosis mm-hmm. and I was so surprised. No one had really done anything with this, at least not professionally, um, mm-hmm. not on any type of large scale. I couldn't find anything online or in books. And so when I look back from there and I can see the pieces like where spirit just picked me up, put me in various places, had me take certain trainings and away it went from there. I, I love that. I love that. And I love how you talk about that, like the spirit baby, because I'm a medium and I will talk to people and I'm like, I see you having another baby. And they're like, no, no, I see a baby coming. My tubes are tight. I don't care. I see a baby. I don't know what to tell you. I see a baby and I'm pretty sure it's entering your body. If not, it's going to hit your daughter. You know what I mean? But I see this baby coming in, you know, and to me, it's always magical. You know, to me, it's always magical, especially when they come back a year later and they're looking at me like this and they're angry with me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I get that. Totally. It's crazy, isn't it? It is. So, you know, I'm going to I'm going to ask that one question because I brought up like, you know, ladies have had their tubes tied and then they not removed, but, you know, the old fashioned tied Mm -hmm. and they get them reversed. Does this help with that also or can it help with that? In terms of having them surgically reversed, you mean? No, to to be able to have a baby. Can the hypnofertility help with that? Absolutely. Medical change. It's interesting. If a baby's coming, it's coming. And I will tell people, like, for example, if they're going through IVF and they don't want twins, they say, if you're supposed to have twins, they could put in one quarter of an embryo and you'd still get twins. Um, so if the baby's coming, the baby's coming despite the vasectomy, despite, um, you know, the tubal ligation, um, it, it just does. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say to use this instead of, 
you know, if that's something that someone's working toward, but I wouldn't say it's not possible either. It certainly is. Oh, I love that. So how do you go about doing this with hypnotherapy? How do you, how do you, cause I know it's a, it's a spiritual, I know, I know a lot about hypnotherapy, not by practitioner, but because I'm an addict um, of hypnotherapy. <laughs> Done a lot of journeying, let's put it that way. Um, how do you go about using this to help women? Well, so hypnotherapy works on, on multiple levels. I always call it multifaceted. And, and one of the things that hypnosis does is, you know, it's, it's basically the antithesis of stress. And immediately in, in going into hypnosis, um, you're able to counter that fight or flight response that so much, so many of us are in that so often nowadays, you know, we were originally, um, we were supposed to go into that briefly you know we were we were threatened by a tiger we needed to run we needed to fight we needed to hide and we needed to kick in and be able to think and maneuver quickly mm-hmm. and but then after the danger was over that should um subside and we should go back to so-called normal we should be back to rest and digest or feed and breed which is always funny to me that we all know fight or flight. Everybody knows that term. Nobody knows, or very few people seem to know feed and breed or rest and digest, which is, right. you know, it, we should be balanced. We should be ebbing and flowing kind of back and forth. We should only be using fight or flight when it's an emergency. We have not evolved um, to keep up with the way things are now. And you look at the differences, the changes that have happened in even 20, 30 years compared to the changes before that, that happened over, you know, a hundred years, things are just moving so rapidly. So my clients tend to be type A personalities or achievers, overachievers, doers, you know, they get things done. And that tends to put them in fight or flight quite a bit, you know, that determination and that need, and also that inner masculine and feminine energy can get out of balance. Mm -hmm. So hypnosis helps to you know, um, almost relieve, I guess you could say the fight or flight response and help people to get back into that more relaxed state. Because what happens is the body, when you're running from a tiger or whatever this, this danger is, it's not a good time to conceive. It's not a good time to be pregnant. Right. And, you know, sometimes if they're in a, in a famine, for example, then that's also going to be a time when, you know, the body needs to not be bringing in more you know, right. more people to be um, cared for or, you know, when there's not enough food kind of thing. So now, oh, we have plenty of food, especially here, um, you know, in the U.S., um, lots and lots. So that's not an issue so much as what the issue is, is the traffic and it's the job and it's the corporate ladder and it's the, you know, politics and it's whatever else is going on that's just bombarding us with that kind of stress. Mm -hmm. that leads us to be out of balance. So first and foremost, hypnosis helps to um, alleviate or balance that fight or flight response. And um, a lot of times people, in fact, most of the time, I would say people who are wanting to get pregnant, they have difficulty relaxing. And so they're told, well, just go ahead and relax, just relax, you know, that's it. And it's like, that's like telling an insomniac to just go to sleep, you know? Oh, yeah. Why didn't I think of that? Why don't I do that? And people are, are running around giving out, you know, this unsolicited advice and insensitive comments. Just relax. Why don't you just relax? So th- that word becomes a trigger mm-hmm. and it stresses somebody out. It makes them, you know, kind of just cringe when they even hear it or it brings anger to them. 
yeah, why didn't I think of that, right? I've been trying to just relax. Well, you know, hypnosis bypasses that. You don't have to relax to be hypnotized. And right. yet in being hypnotized, you end up accessing a level of relaxation that is so healing and beneficial to wanting to get pregnant. I love that. And I love it because, I mean, you've got all these, you state it so beautifully. And I know people have come to me in a reading and that's what, why can't I have, that's, that's a big question. Why can't I have babies? And what I hear every time, it's kind of rude and crude, but it's like, when was the last time you just enjoyed sex? Yeah, no, that's exactly it. And sometimes it's a matter of saying, are you having sex? Yeah, they just kind of look at me like, well, this is, this. no, I'm here and you need to just enjoy the act and let the byproduct happen. Yeah. And, and then it's, after, crude, it's crude, but it's how I hear it every time. So. No, it's not even though it's true. And um, the problem is that, well, we're in a, I want it right now. I want it yesterday society. So why didn't I get pregnant the first time? Yeah. You know, and there's a 25% chance of somebody without any type of, you know, any type of issue going on, only 25% chance of getting pregnant every month. Right. And so if you do get pregnant, that's that's great. That's lovely. Um, but it's not necessarily going to happen that way. And after a couple of months or so, people are like, well, where's my baby? I was planning on having my baby now. Where's my baby? That causes more stress. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's this cycle that happens. And then they know they don't enjoy sex because they are ordering um, their husband to be home on this day between three and 5 p.m. Um, and sometimes people are out of town or people are trying to arrange business trips based on this little ovulation window. Sometimes it's a matter of not having sex on day 12, 14 and 16. Sometimes it's day 10 or day 18, but you can get so easily caught up in the mechanics of it. And people who are achievers, especially that's what they do. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I can remember um, a person in my life trying, and it wasn't me, but somebody trying to have, you know, have a baby. And they were doing the ovulation. They were doing it all. And it just wasn't where. And they were finally ready to give up. And I said, yeah. did you ever have sex like before? And she just yeah. looked at me. I said, yeah. you know what? Have it before. Enjoy your time. Do the seriousness. And sure enough, the next month, guess what? Pregnant. <laughs> you know? And it was like, yeah. it was like the body wasn't even ovulating. We're supposed to ovulate anymore because of this forced mentality. Right. And I always say, you know, the rhythm method doesn't work, right? Like how many times do you hear people, they follow the rhythm method, they're advised by the Catholic church, this is the birth control you can use. And how many times do you hear the rhythm method doesn't work? Well, why is that? You know, that's because you're avoiding sex during what days 12, 14, 16, or between this ovulation window. And women do get per- uh, get pregnant on their periods. And women do get pregnant at outside of certain windows. And you think about it, they're trying to not get pregnant. And yeah. then along comes this pregnancy. And, you know, you have to think, you know, Catholic Church, they have that kind of wink, wink, because they're like, yep, do the rhythm method. And and there you go. We get that many more babies, um, right. <laughs> you know. So, yeah, that's huge. And then the problem, though, too, is when somebody's been trying and trying, trying, and we tell them to, you know, well, I mean, sometimes it's amazing. I say, you know, just like you did, well, try it before, try it after, and they do, and they get pregnant. 
it depends who tells them because sometimes there's just people out there, well, you know, so-and-so did it and then they just adopted and then they had two babies because she was pregnant right away. And that it's true. Mm-hmm. It's a, it, there is a truth that is a hypnosis in and of itself. And we're not so focused because when we focus what we, on what we don't want, which is to not have a baby, that's often what we get. And when we're tr- driven to have a baby, then so many other um, issues happen. And mm-hmm. so there's, there's a balance. I, um, there's a real balance that needs to happen in order to bring babies in. And it's not saying that people in stressful situations don't get pregnant. They do. And mm-hmm. people in poverty get pregnant and, and all sorts of things. But that's not your journey per se. That's, you know, we all have our own journey and we can't compare to other people. That's that's like the kiss of death, no matter what we're doing, whether it be body size, you know, weight loss, wrinkles, you know, um, intellect or whatever, you know, IQ um, and getting pregnant, all of these things, we, it's unique, it's individual, we can't compare to other people. And that causes stress too. I love it. One of our guests on here said, I was told after a few miscarriages that I would never have a baby. So she just gave up and ended up having 15 children. <laughs> okay. That's Way, to give up, okay? <laughs> Way to give up. I'm going to say that's good advice. Just give up trying. <laughs> You're right though. There, there is that, but when you really want something, you can't give it up. Right. So, and this is part of what the hypnosis helps with too. Um, and, and people are often afraid to hear that because, well, I don't want to give up. I don't want to not have a baby, but I call it balancing intention and surrender. And surrender is that allowing piece. Mm-hmm. Your baby's not going to come on your schedule necessarily. Sometimes they do, but that's kind of the whole thing about babies, you know, out the, the window, uh, the schedules go out the window, babies come in the middle of the night, they come before their due date, they come afterward, they come at inconvenient times. I was thinking about this just the other day, that show the Gilmore Girls. Yes. And I don't know if you remember that, but the one woman on there, she was pregnant and she was really, really type A. And the baby came early and she's in the hospital going, but I wrote it down, but I wrote it down. And all her people are like, Sherry screwed up. She screwed up. And she's like, but I wrote it down. And that's like kind of that whole thing with babies, including pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And I'll say they come in the right time in the right way. And um, a priest that I actually trained uh, many years ago in hypnofertility, he was telling me when, you know, people came in and he would counsel them and they would say, well, father, you know, this is, this is God's will. If I'm supposed to have a baby that will be done, but I do want that baby to be born in September because, you know, I don't want to be pregnant over Christmas and so da, 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 da. And he would point out that that is not thy will be done. That is my will be done. Yes. And we get caught up in that. And then women are so, so quick to blame themselves. They take the responsibility and then they beat themselves up. Mm-hmm. Well, I can get this done. I can get that done. Why can't I do this? And then there's another layer because there's, I call it balancing biology and destiny. There, there's that real, that deep need or want to have that baby. And then there is a biological component where that's what keeps the species going is, you know, it's great if women don't want kids and they're happy with that. That's wonderful. I don't think people should have them if they don't want them. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, there is a drive that's there. And so, you know, there's a real issue going on because there's such a, a below the surface drive. Yeah, there, there really is. I mean, and it's, to me, it's, 
because of my own journey, I look at that and go, why, why, why is there such a drive? Because I, I like to call my two children, oops, children is what I call them. Oops. And it, it the oops is because I, I had um, a pregnancy when I was 16 and that baby had passed away and um, I had pelvic inflammatory infection because of it, which, which was really bad. It was hospitalized for four days and I was declared sterile, infertile, will never have a baby, you know, because of all the scar tissue. And of course, high level, back when they used to put us on high level, you know, birth control to regulate periods, I had all that going on and had two oops babies, you know what I mean? Because literally not trying, not even thinking this is ever going to happen, you know, um, and, and, and very happy about that. But I was always, I'm still blown away till today because I'd lost for one when I was 16. But my daughter, when she came through, when she was old enough to talk, she looked at me, she goes, mommy, I tried to come before I just couldn't make it. Oh my gosh. That, and that is so it. That's exactly it. Yeah. It's like, so to me, it's like, if they're going to be there, they're going to be there, you know, without exactly. a doubt, you know, exactly. and I collect stories like that because that gives hope, you know, yes. um, people go on the internet and then they hear all these negative things and they compare themselves. And then, you know, somebody's like, well, I'm 38 and I'm 38 and a half. And, you know, my, the average age of my clients is 45. Yeah. And so, you know, um, the way that they used to look at things is different. Technology's changed. They've learned so much more. And yes, you, you basically spoke to what I said earlier. If they're coming, they're coming. They're coming. And they're coming. They, an oops in your like conscious mind and physical <laughs> world, but they're like, spiritually, we are not oops. And this you know, is the way you not. do it. Yeah. They're not. I just always look at it that way because I tell people I didn't try, didn't believe, gave up the hope, gave it all up. Definitely not planning. Yeah. And it's kind of like, oops, there they are. <laughs> you know, and you're just exactly. And that to me, that's the best way to do it. Because like even in um my grandson's world, because my grandson is three right now, I started seeing him as a medium 15 years ago. My daughter was 15 years old. She had a car accident. And I started seeing this little boy around, this beautiful blonde haired little boy. And just, and I knew, and she'd gotten pregnant, you know, when she was like 18, 19, and that baby was a miscarriage. And, you know, again, they told her, you probably never have kids. And, you know, the whole, because that's, that's infamous, the words, as you know. And um, when she was, when she finally got pregnant with, you know, what was her daughter, we swore because I stopped seeing the little boy. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's finally going to come. And then all of a sudden, one day we both looked at each other. We went, this is a girl. Where's the little boy? Where's the little boy? And sure enough, we're, we're in the we're in the ultrasound because she wants gender reveals. We're doing the you know the big old thing there, and here's the little boy shows up holding mommy's hand, talking to the little girl as they're revealing the little girl. But my granddaughter would not show her face, and my daughter looks at him. She goes, "Mom, talk to her." So I looked at her son and I said, first, I don't know why you're not in that belly, but two. <laughs> Get your sister to look. And she put her hand down after he talked to her, put it back up. So I literally asked him, I said, why aren't you in that belly? Why aren't you first? And he looked at his dad and he goes, he's not ready for me yet. Oh. <laughs> okay. And that was the child that was actually born second. You know? So again, they come. They yeah. come. I love that. 
and they have some say in it. You know, we kind of think that they don't. And I say, you know, you're creating your baby and your baby's creating you. And there is a timing thing and they do negotiate with each other. And, and my grandson, it was funny because, yeah, I was connected with him and he'd come through and we actually in meditation, I'd go like we hang out and fly together. And I would always say when he was first born, I'd say, do you remember how it is to fly? And his little arms and legs would just go all over the place, even though, you know, he's a month old or, or whatever. But um, the same thing happened, though. He wanted to um, be he wanted to come through by himself and he didn't want to be, he has a twin and he didn't want to be twins and he didn't want her to come first, the girl. He's like, no, I want to go first. And in fact, I was talking to uh, another person who she actually does spirit baby readings and she had tuned into that too. And so they, I guess, negotiated, but um, he ended up being a miscarriage the first time. And I knew that that was going to happen, but you know how it is when you know things about family and in, you know, we're not always right. And so you kind of put that aside. And you, besides that, you don't want to be saying that to somebody. Right. But that's what happened. And, um, and I kept getting with him. It was funny, because I kept getting, it's a boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl, like crazy. And so I guess that was part of that negotiation that was going on. And so I, uh, when this happened, of course, it's horrible. It's terrible. It's, it's a trauma. It's devastating. It's not to, you know, dismiss the pain of miscarriage, Um, you know, which a lot of people do. Oh, well, you can have another. And that's, that's just not having a miscarriage is as deeply, you know, painful as Mm -hmm. other um, losses or traumas that we have. Yeah. And so, but I did know that he was coming back and he'd come back pretty quick and he did. And it was pretty funny because I, I predicted him, if you will, the first time I knew it kind of almost before they did. And the same with the second time. And uh, in fact, they had come over, we were doing my birthday in February, my birthday's in December because okay. they had had COVID and, you know, things had gotten out, you know, all over the place, whatnot. So they came over. So all of a sudden I look at my daughter-in-law and I go, oh, you're pregnant. Like it just popped out. And then my son takes my birthday card and kind of tosses it to me. And I open it and it says, you know, love everybody. And, and your little, uh, your Libra. <laughs> your Libra. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. And I said, it's a boy. So on and on we go, um, whether it's a boy or a girl, but I just know that it's him. And so my other son, Dylan, the one who's the spear baby, he's usually right too. And he's like, it's a girl. And I'm like, no, no, I'd almost defer to him. Sometimes it's like, okay. But I said, no, it's not. And uh, so that day, that beautiful day, well, and Teddy came to me in a dream and he said, well, they did the blood work, but I'm a boy. And I said, I know, we know that. And the blood work came back and both my sons had to admit that mom was right on the same day. (laughs) (laughs) I get a call from, from uh, my son and his um, partner, who's, who's my grandbaby's mom. Um, They call and they're like, you're right, mom. And then I call my other son and go, so did you hear about uh, your new nephew? (laughs) He's like, okay, mom. But yeah, same type of thing. And just that connection all the way, all the way through. So I totally get that. I I love that. You know, and I don't know this next question. I don't know if you get it very much, but I I would assume because you do hypnosis, because I'm a believer in past life regressions. I'm, I'm a believer in past lives and reincarnation. 
do you find that sometimes you find that to be an issue with fertility is maybe something from a past life coming in? Or do you find more with this lifetime? Sometimes it'll come in. It's not something I tend to get a lot, but that's not to say that it's not um, an issue as well. So when I started hypnofertility, it was more like people were coming in, women, um, you know, trying to get pregnant or sometimes the the, um, men would come in for one reason or another um, that was related, like maybe, you know, sperm count or things like that, or maybe they had their own issues that they needed to clear. Um, but hypnofertility initially was, was sort of anyone who was coming in with, with whatever fertility issue and whatever baby was connected. And over the years, um, they kind of narrowed, the baby sort of narrowed and I bring in a certain, I don't know if you want to call them a type, but uh, they call themselves the pink starlights. And, you know, we've heard of indigo children and, and, you know, rainbows and crystals and so forth. Right. And I never, you know, I never looked into that. It didn't matter to me. You know, I just knew their moms knew there was a baby there and, and I was helping them to come through. And I just didn't have any concern as to, you know, what cohort perhaps they might be in. And then about 2016, these um, babies downloaded my third book to me, which I was quite happy having written the first one. Then I had to write the second. Now I'm like, the second is great. I'm really done. And no, 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 of course not. Um, So they download this third book and they're like, and now we want you to get this out to the world that we're called Pink Starlights and we have our own um, mission. We have our own uh, special purpose. So all babies are, of course, love and everyone who comes into the world has their purpose. But these guys have uh, almost a high level, if you will, with real high frequency, high vibratory um, Mm -hmm. purpose or that that's kind of comes in with their purpose. And so from there, it sort of narrowed who who I was working with because they were these selected pink star moms. And I always say the babies are my clients. So I say, you know the baby's my client. I mean, you get to work with me and you get to pay the bill, but really they're my client. And it's kind of funny how people will find me. And it's like, again, the babies, like I was picked up and put in places, the babies pick them up and put them in places. And it's because these women that have pink starlights, they have to be extremely open-minded and they have to be spiritual and they have to be willing. If they're not yet spiritual, they have to be in that becoming and they have to be willing to, you know, elevate their frequency, if that makes any sense. It makes a lot of sense to me. It makes so much sense to me. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, but, you know, indigos, for example, they came through and had a difficult time. You know, they usually had a, a rough life or they had a lot to overcome or, or things like that, but they had to start breaking down, um, you know, these old paradigms that just aren't helpful to us at this point and they were paving the way for all of this like look at the shifts and change in spirituality can you imagine having this podcast even you know 20 30 years ago and just having such a warm reception to it and having people just love it so much oh exactly and you could have done this 20 years ago you know and the the coolest thing is is with this podcast and she won't she obviously she's not here today but my granddaughter who's five will come in with her vibration. And I mean, and, and she'll like last week, cause she had the day off. She did. I, after you and I are done, I do a card pull at the end of the day 
she does the card pull, she's in the vibration, she's talking to great, great grandpa and great, great grandma that have been gone way before her time. And she's talking to different spirits and ghosts. And she comes on, <clears throat> and, excuse me, but people ignore me, because she's more interesting <laughs> to talk to. You know what I mean? And she's very, very much in the moment. She's very much in those energies all the time. I mean, she's still a little girl that goes plays and swims and does all that. But when it's time to shine, she's uplifting and bringing people to another level at her very young age. Oh, absolutely. And I, yeah, that's how, you know, Dylan was, except Dylan was coming through at a time he's 28 now. So this was much rarer to see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so now, and your, your granddaughter, oh my gosh, she sounds so much like a pink starlight, which she likely is. And not, not all kids are, but their thing is exactly that um, to bring, they have such a high frequency and they have such a, an openness to, you know, pulling a card and to the spiritual aspect of things. And they like crystals and they, they're drawn to certain ones. And if you know anything about crystals, you might find that this little child has picked up the perfect one for someone and they, they, yeah, they're really tuned in. And one of the issues that we have is, you know, earth mother, has been so abused. Oh my gosh. She's just been, you know, absolutely. Um, she's traumatized, you know, she's been um, ravaged and she yeah. is so abused. And, and this is where it kind of kicks back into that masculine and feminine. We all have that inner masculine and feminine and the universe is that as well. Mm -hmm. And we've gone so far to the patriarchal side and that's nothing against men or masculine or male, but it is, you know, different, the different energies tend to represent, they have their, their different things that they represent, but when we get out of balance, either way is when we have a problem. Right. And right now, and we've had this for a long, 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 long time for millennia, this um, patriarchy that is so out of balance that the energies that so much of it is, um, the energies are, you know, volatility, and war, violence, aggression, power mongering. Um, I call it, you know, the God of greed. Uh, there's no reason why at this point in time, everyone in the, on the planet shouldn't have enough to eat. Mm -hmm. uh, there's hoarding and, you know, there's all of that that's going on. And this is, there's taking and overtaking, you know, the, the um, planet, you know, she um, supported life for so long and look at what we're doing and what we've done just, you know, in the past century. Right. or so and right. so the indigos came in to start knocking this down and paving the way and um you know the other various um spirit babies have had you know and all of us we have our purposes right. um some of the purpose that's going on now are are um people who are, are really taking this to such a level that it's crashing everything so even though we may not like it or like them or their behavior it's part of the whole thing as well, because it's really bringing that need to smash the old paradigm and the old paradigm is crashing. Uh, mm -hmm. And you can see some um, in some instances, people are, are just clawing to hold on to that old paradigm. And so this the pink starlights, their their color is pink for unconditional love. Mm -hmm. And their particular frequency is very angelic and they're bringing through their energies to the reason they need their parents, their, their moms, particularly, they tend to anchor to their moms and they need them to be open-minded and willing to go to the next level because they need to be able to, they don't have time. They do not have time 
for, you know, coming in to what I call a five o'clock world, you know, where people are absolutely, um, you know, the whole spiritual aspect is just invisible to them. Um, or they're, where they're very narrow minded or where they're the type that are posting, you know, their idea of proof of anything is a meme and, um, and they just buy into, you know, anything like that. We can't have that. We have to have thinkers, open mindedness. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and also on top of that, the energy's bottlenecking. So we're trying to bring in, they're trying to bring in a lot of light and they need light workers and light holders. And so these parents are willing to do the work and they're open and receptive to help bring, bring them through. Cause right now there's a lot of them trying to come in and they're bottlenecking with the energy that's it's such a dense energy on earth right now. Oh, it really is. And this makes so much, I mean, I hope this, everybody, to me, this just makes so much sense. I've got light bulbs going off all over the place and it's amazing, you know? Um, and I want to digress just a little bit because I want to talk about the subject, but I want to digress just because we always talk about, like you had said, women like to blame ourselves. We like to put it on us. Clearly, there's another component to pregnancy, and that's the man. Do you mm-hmm. have men come in and, and, and work with that? Because obviously, I mean, it's a 50-50 chance here, you know, men and women. So mm-hmm. are you able to help men with this also, with hypnofertility, to help them to get through this process? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it's about a 40% um, male factor is about 40% um, responsible for uh, infertility. I don't like to call it infertility because it's anti-hypnotic, but, but when we're talking about the subject, you know, kind of Mm -hmm. have to use words uh, sometimes, but uh, women take the blame, they take the responsibility, they do the research, they decide what clinic they're going to, and if they're going to a clinic and what, um, you know, complementary modalities they want. And um, they'll take the responsibility, even if it is exclusively male factor. Yeah. And so, but men, men, yes, they do come in, I can help with, you know, um, which tends to be something to do with sperm, sperm count, motility, that kind of thing. And I can help with that. They have found, uh, there's a study done, it was a long time ago, it was early on when I was doing this work, but they found that when uh, a couple had an infertility workup, and he had, you know, no issue with his sperm after one year of all of this, you know, trying and all the stress that then men ended up with low sperm count. So you can see how the stress affects and then men are usually trying to be, you know, to be supportive. But when it comes to an issue like this, sometimes it doesn't matter what you do. You just can't do the right thing um, because it's so highly charged. It's so emotional. And, you know, women typically, um, we can, we can have a whole lot more emotion and express a whole lot more. And, you know, men can oftentimes only handle so much. And then, you know, you see the deer in the headlights, uh, the whole glazing over. And so a lot of times they need some support that way to help with just all of the emotion that's going on. Um, sometimes it's to help balance them, um, within their relationship because this can have a really major toll on relationships or sometimes they're afraid and they're protective. Right. And so if, if um, the woman has gone through say multiple miscarriages and then he's afraid because he doesn't want to see her go through that pain, um, he feels helpless. So there's so many things like that that come up from the fertility issue that yes, that I can help men with. Right. 
sometimes they'll come in as couples. Um, sometimes they'll do one or two sessions together and then she comes in mostly. It just depends. And then sometimes he'll do like half the sessions and it, it really depends. But women tend to like to do this work because they don't get listened to. They don't get heard. Right. So there's well, there's listen part of the three keys there. Um, because the doctors are in a hurry, you know, and the clinics are huge. So it's almost like a revolving door type of thing. Um, you know, other practitioners don't have a lot of time to listen, or maybe they can listen some, but not enough. And that's what I do. A good part, part of what I do is listening and really hearing what's right. going on. And that gets, um, that gets turned into the hypnosis session, you know, a lot of what's going on. So the fertility hypnosis, there's, you know, obviously there's some similarities because people are trying to get pregnant and then, you know, there's hypnosis techniques for sure. And then there's the, the spinning it or the, you know, um, directing it to what's going on personally for people. And, um, so yeah, to basically answer that, yes. And it sort of depends. Well, I, I, I knew it would kind of be kind of a, a broader, you know, but I always, <clears throat> I always see so much of, you know, women are taking it on. Men feel like sometimes they come in, they deposit, they leave, they get it back on with their life. And mm -hmm. I, I, I hate to put it that way, but you know, if I, if I cut to the, 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 the more rudimentary, but then I also see a woman get, you know, probably get pregnant through IVF or something. And it's amazing. But again, they're trying to do everything and they have the stress because they're trying to hold their bodies together to carry this baby that they're trying so hard for. And the husband's back to their, to the grind and they're back to doing everything and supporting the family and da, da, da. And it's almost like we're pregnant, but now I'm by myself. Now, what am I doing? You know what I mean? And I'm sure a fear has got to kick in. Oh my gosh, I want this baby, but now I'm fearful because life has kind of gotten back to normal. And then I watch right. them lose the baby again. Is it because of this situation? Right. They can, they can be somewhat detached just because they're not as involved, yeah. you know, in the workup, they get their sperm tested, you know, a little blood work. Um, the women go through just so much. And then her body, especially if it's going to be medically focused, is going to be having constant blood work and, you know, having procedures. And typically men really don't have to have that much. And, and then even when, when you're pregnant, sometimes they feel kind of detached because baby's in your body and you're the one who's feeling, um, you know, everything that's happening and you're the one that's, you're in it 24 seven. You don't get to put the pregnancy aside for, you know, three hours or overnight or anything. You're just always there. Yeah. And so for them, they can't always until the baby's born. Um, sometimes they're not, even though they're in it and they want to be so much in it, they're just not in the same way. Mm hmm. And so, um, yeah, that can be, that can contribute for sure. Yeah. I was wondering about that just because it's like that body takes on so much and you were talking about fighting flight and all of that. Yeah. Now it, it's here. And then I'm like, wow, I wonder if that's a reason for it. If, you know, you're starting to shoot your body with those hormones and cortisol and all of that and uh, off it goes, you know, and yeah. you're having this, this issue. Um, you know, and I do have another question for you. And I didn't know about this until uh, my daughter did a lot of research on it. And I'm just wondering, because I, she had found that medically, sometimes women cannot carry the extra testosterone in the body of a male baby. 
so they end up losing the baby because it's the male baby. You know, they can carry a female all the time, but if a male is introduced, the body just can't handle it. So if you've ever found that or heard of that, do you believe that hypnotherapy can help get the body ready for both sexes or both hormones within the body? I do because there's such a balance that goes on. Um, And then there's also certainly a spiritual component to that, that, um, you know, that that's, because even miscarriages, that's all a part of, of things and babies come in for that reason as well. There's, there's, you know, I hate the word lesson because you know what I mean, but that's kind of what it is. It's, it's, it's a part, it's a part of the journey. Uh, Definitely from an evolutionary standpoint, um, if the body miscarriages, uh, miscarriages, miscarries, oftentimes a girl will be sent because of, um, because of that, yes, the female hormone. So you have your, your XX and then your XY. So it, the body will flood with estrogen, progesterone, with female hormones. So a female baby is, is a lot of times what's going to show up from that, that uh, biological standpoint. So, so yeah, absolutely. And, um, but certainly benefits, um, balance. Absolutely. There's, there's a balance that occurs. I love, I love that. I, I wanted to ask that just because I know these are medical things that I know I, in my head, I'm hearing, I always connect a spirit in an interview because they take, they say, ask this, ask this, ask. and right. I'm like, okay, okay. So it sounds really random, but it's, it's what they're, right. they're kind of saying, ask about this, ask about that. Because we do, especially in a day and age of so many medical reasons, and, and granted, we found a lot of medical evolution helps that. But I always go back to the spiritual. I always mm-hmm. go back to, we can have a lot done with the body. You know, if you're Reiki, you realize that we can regrow everything. Everything happens for a reason. We do this to ourselves. There's a whole thing there, mm-hmm. you know, and I do believe that sometimes when we have the medical, <clears throat> and this is coming from somebody, I was a nurse for 21 years. So saying this is really taboo but sometimes i'm not a firm believer that medical always gets in the way to me it's a lot it's in the mind it's a lot of how the body is doing it's a lot of that spiritual contract you know and even when you brought up miscarriages i do a lot of readings where it is that baby and i i I will call them a lost baby but i tell them they're not really lost it's just you're looking at it as a loss because it's a miscarriage and they're just thank you because that's all i wanted I wanted that pure love. I wanted that. And I didn't want, I didn't want the hustle bustle. I didn't want the crazy life. I didn't need any of that. I just wanted the pure. I want you love. Mm-hmm. They yeah. got, it. you know, and yeah. it's beautiful. So to me, having, having something like this to help that body on top of everything. And then maybe to understand that some of these babies you're giving them exactly what they want. It doesn't make you less of a mom. Yeah. Makes you a better mom. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, the abortion issue, which is really charged right now more than ever, but that's necessary as well. And I think this has a lot to do with what I observed as a child of, you know, it wasn't anybody who wants a baby. It was anybody who wants a baby who was going to love and care for and nurture and support and be there for their baby. And, um, so sometimes if people really don't want children, they're not going to be able to do that. Um, and, and that's okay. That's just part of whatever that larger or spiritual contract is or not at the right time or in abusive relationships or um, 
but it's not a a a killing okay it is on a it's a spiritual um, thing and the babies themselves will tell you that and Mm -hmm. i found with doing the hypnosis and i would do this process where we would communicate with the the babies Mm -hmm. and and the the left brain part of me was like oh my gosh one of these babies is going to come in and just ream us right you know how dare you but they never do they never did and so that was something and i knew that from a spiritual aspect but you know that everyday part of you is like oh boy we're gonna get into trouble right and so but no it's part of you know it's just it's part of all of it it's part of that grand scheme if you will that we never see until the end we never do um so now can people also or do people also use your services after they become pregnant throughout the pregnancy Yeah, I support through the pregnancy and through birth um, and postpartum to help with all the transitions, you know, because one thing is we live in this world and in a lot of cases we're subjected to, you know, a lot of um, negativity or a lot of people's opinions or a lot of things that don't um, really, you know, we don't gel with, but we're still subjected to it. And it's, it can be really hard. And I always say when someone's pregnant, it's like you're wearing a neon sign over your head that says, give me all your unwanted advice. You can't, you can't hide it. They know everybody's got to tell you the guy, you know, the 90 year old guy in the bank in line, he's got to tell you. And you know, everybody's got to know that's a boy for sure. Oh, that's a girl. Definitely. Are you having twins? You're huge. Are you? (laughs) Oh, this is going to be so painful. And oh, Oh, yeah. Oh. I got all the other stress and now you're going to add in, oh my, let's put a fear fat. Oh, yeah. And if there's been loss, if there's been miscarriages, there's there's um, part of getting past the eight weeks where that occurred or the 13 weeks or maybe someone had to terminate at 20 weeks because there was, you know, um, an issue, yeah. you know, that was just just not going to be something that they could move forward with. Um, so they want to get past that level. Um, sometimes people have lost a child. Um, and so it's, it's really um, difficult for them you know, even if everything's running smoothly with, you know, with that, I had a client who she had been um, the victim of a home invasion and which didn't have anything to do with the baby per se. And it was before she had gotten pregnant, but it had, it had contributed to so much anxiety and fear and, you know, around safety. And of course you want to feel safe when you're pregnant. And so she stayed with me every for 40 weeks, you know, she's started off. Well, she started out b- before that with um, the, I- the IVF, but then, you know, 40 weeks through that pregnancy because she just felt like she needed that. So it, it's going to depend on the person. Um, but a lot of times it is just, and, and then there's the milestones, right? When you haven't gotten pregnant for a long time, it compounds fear. And so then, okay, I got the positive pregnancy test, but I need to get the confirmation now in two days. And now I need to have that first ultrasound. I need to make sure the baby has a heartbeat. And now I need to graduate from the fertility clinic. And now I need to get through the first trimester. And oh my gosh, I'm out of the first, but now what about the second? And people, oh my gosh, I wish people would just not tell people that having no symptoms in your pregnancy in the first trimester is a problem. It's not. And not telling people if you're not sick, then you know, you don't have a good pregnancy because that's not true. And I use hypnosis, in fact, to help with, you know, morning sickness, um, to help with nausea. Um, it's my understanding that Princess Kate 
um, because she had issues with that, with her pregnancies and the Royal family is very big on hypnosis Mm -hmm. and she was hospitalized and they brought in, you know, a hypnotist to help work with that. And, but one of the things I find is internally, because we have a belief system that we need morning sickness to be pregnant, that um, people who struggle with fertility issues end up with more of it. And so I'll help reduce it to a level where it's like at the subconscious level, you have just enough, you know, to satisfy that awareness. But I trained a midwife from Jamaica many years ago, and she told me they don't have morning sickness. She said, the woman has a pregnancy dream, and then she comes in and the midwife examines her and they go from there. But there's no morning sickness, but it's not part of their belief system. Wow. So there's all sorts of uh, medical reasons that morning sickness happens. But at the same time, there's also a belief system. Yes. I love that because I truly believed I wouldn't get sick and I never did. I didn't either. (laughs) I was like, I don't want nothing to do with that. If I'm going to do this, I don't want no sickness. Right. Yeah. So really quickly, because you've written, I want to be mindful of your time, but, and I I apologize, we're going to go over a moment, but I want to hear about your books because you're, you're an author. I want people to be able to find you and, and I've put your website there, but I want people to be able to find you through your literature because what you, you've got so much education to give people. Well, thank you. And that was, that was part of the reason for writing the books because, you know, you can only see so many people mm-hmm. and the first book it's conceivable was really just to let people know that um, hypnosis was a powerful option because like I said, when I got into it, there wasn't any information about it. Mm-hmm. And um, so I wanted people to understand, here's what it is, and here's how it can help, right? And then I have some client um, case studies in the book. So the okay. second one came along, which is um, the three keys to conception, and was really based on that meditate, listen, trust, right. and um, got more into the, there's a little bit of spirituality in the first book, but it's a little bit more art and science of hypnosis. Right. And uh then in the second one, it was really tapping into divine feminine goddess, um, you know, uh, energy, um, the spirit baby mm-hmm. piece, you know, that, that was in the second one. And then the third one that came along, that was where the pink starlights uh, basically downloaded it to me. And it, it's called waiting in the wings, introducing the pink starlights. And, and that's exactly what it is. It was like, you have to get this out there because people have to find out about us. And so all of my books were really, um, you know, created to get some information out there, help people learn the pink starlight one. There's some meditations in there that people can use to connect with their pink starlights. Um, the, um, forward to that was written by Dr. Maribel Verdiellas of CNY fertility. So here you're seeing this, this, um, blend, this, this, um, blend of, Western and, and, you know, or conventional and spiritual or however you want to call that science and spirit. Um, so, you know, a, a reproductive endocrinologist is writing the foreword to the book about the pink starlights. And many of my clients who are pink starlight moms. They wrote their stories and they said to me, like, I want to write my story so that I can speak directly to people who are where I was and really get it that, that, you know, there, there isn't, you know, you might feel hopeless, but it's not. And so that was kind of the big thing um, with that one. And, and now the pink starlights have me, this was, this was connected to fertility 
and you know initiations that women have to go through. But now they're saying, oh boy, another book. Um, but they're saying say the fourth because I hear a fourth in my head. Yeah, they they really started dropping on me. I swear, everybody that interviews me is a medium, so they hijack them to tell them they I'm supposed to write another book. They're like, you're not listening. Yeah. But now they really want to go to the piece of we need to let people know that we're out there and like your granddaughter and yeah. they're saying grandparents and um, teachers who are dealing with little kids and nieces and nephews and all of that, that maybe pink starlights. And so for people to read that and recognize that, and then I need to do some more to help um, with how to support your pink starlight or some of the things that they need or enjoy and that kind of stuff. And what's behind it all? Because if you're not suffering or struggling with fertility issues, you might not read about the pink starlights and, and they are, you know, beyond that as well. I love that. You know, I just, I, I love what you're doing. I love every, everything just so much, so much amazingness. And just not education, helping people become pregnant, but to help understand children and help to understand the dynamics of the parent with the child. Because really that sounds like a lot of the pink starlights. You know, it's, it's having that education and to understand because these children are not necessarily always easy to raise because our understanding isn't what their understanding is. Right. And, and it's virtual, but it's... Yeah, no, it's true because they know so much more than we do and they're kind of, you know, and that's that's why we have to be so far into the work and being able to open more and more for them. They mm. don't have time to say, you know, um, you know, I, this is kind of my thing. I want to take a, a um, journey to Nepal all by myself and I'm three. And so parent needs to say, OK, you're three, so you can't do that. However, let's look into what this means and what we can do to support this on some level. The kids need to be able to say, I want to, you know, practice yoga and not be told you're a girl, you go to ballet, you're a boy, you go to football. Yep. You know, that none of this, you know, yep. needs to be going on. That's for other people. That's their things that they bring through to the world. But the pink starlights, they need to be. And sometimes they get frustrated because they're in a baby body or a little child body. And other people don't really get that, you yeah. know, that can be annoying. It, well, it can be because I know like with my, my, when I would became very, I mean, I've been doing this my whole life, but it really wasn't until 2014 that I started my journey and literally three, well, almost four years ago, I gave up nursing, but mm -hmm. I can remember, I can remember people, you know, hearing you're doing this for your children. You're doing this for your children. You're walking away right. from this world and, and into a new world for your children. I'm thinking, my son is very analytical, not on the spiritual. My daughter's like, yeah, it's whatever. She's got abilities, but you know, she doesn't flaunt them. She doesn't use them on a regular basis like I do, but I kept hearing you're doing this for your children. And then here comes his granddaughter. And yeah. I'm like, whoa, but me being in just, and of course she gets to grow up to do whatever she wants, but me really giving up everything to become very spiritual and then watching her and I'm watching her parents open up. Because she goes yeah. to school and they and her friends tell her there's no ghosts. And she comes home and tells daddy, there's no ghosts. And he goes, Oh, you better go tell your nanny that. She goes, Why do I need to tell nanny there's no ghosts? He goes, because that's what nanny does for a job. Nanny talks to ghosts. <sighs> oh, so then we sit down, we educate what a go the term ghost is, you know? And then it's like she's like, Oh, my great great grandma's a ghost. And, Technically, yes, you know, but so then she's got a better under, and then she's understanding the terminology better. But 
it's literally just from, you know, being in it and being accepted and, and bringing herself up. And it'll be wonderful to see what my grandson is or is not, you know, and again, to let him have his own journey. Right. And so they do have somebody who's on a level where they can reach out to that level, you know, if they need to. And these babies are also helping kind of elevate their parents. So my sons were raised with, you know, my oldest, uh, who's Teddy's dad, he's 33. And, you know, he went to, we were living in Georgia at the time, he went to vacation Bible school and told them that you could heal with crystals and Reiki. And that was almost dangerous in some ways um, at that time. And, uh, you know, in that that area. But, um, but he did. And he was, I initiated him into Reiki when he was five. And my other one was, you know, born through as a Reiki master. Mm -hmm. And, um, but my older son, he still tends to like to be more um, analytical and, oh yeah, that's spirit stuff. Like he knows it. And when he's got an issue, he's right there like, oh mom. (laughs) But at the other times he like, you know, and um, so, yeah. So, for us to be there for the grandbabies. And that's, again, the same thing, kindergarten teachers or people working with kids, uh, aunts and uncles, you know, uh, your friend, your kid's friends, your grand, little grandchild, her friend might come over. And even if you don't say anything on a conscious level, um, speak words, the energy that you have helps them with that alignment and with that um, heightening of the energy or the frequency. I love that. Well, I want to tell you, thank you for coming on and just educating and and bringing all this from, you know, the mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, all of it together, because it makes sense, you know, and I think, I honestly do believe people that are struggling, you know, and and you hear about people struggling more so than you ever did before, you know, and, and to be able to help them, give them an avenue and give them a person to go to, I think is phenomenal. Now, I put your website, hypnofertility.com, up so that I know people can find you. Is there other ways that people can find you? Oh, thank you so much, Dad. I appreciate all of that. Um, they can go to Instagram. Uh, they can go to Facebook. But probably the easiest is to go to the website. Um, there is an ebook copy of one of my books on there, a free copy. If you want to download, I think that's on the front page. Awesome. And yeah, we've got lots of, you know, resources and information there. And so, yeah, that's probably best, best place to go. Well, I'm telling you what, I'm going to look forward to reading your books and because I am the medium and the fifth, but we won't talk about that till after the fourth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. And well, I think that's why I'm I'm running into so many mediums lately because the babies are like, can you get them a copy of my book, please? Uh, can you do it? Can you do it? And I love it because you've given me so much to go, okay, I'm not crazy in my own head, you know, because the work that I do is I, I call myself more of a healing medium. So I have a lot of this comes in and I always give the rudimentary rough version, but it's like to me going, oh, 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 okay. Thank you. Cause I, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. So thank you for that. It's true. Well, we need that confirmation because I'm analytical. I'm left brained. And sometimes I think this is insane. What? And then it's like, but no, then the babies come through. Give me something really, really, really accurate. Right. And you're like, no, not insane. Okay. Or sanity is highly overrated. That's my other thing. (laughs) Exactly. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I need to take a station break and and give them their card bowl. But thank you again for coming in. I'm so glad we finally got you on. This has been beautiful. Again, thank you. And I hope many people go to your website, download the book, look at your services, and look at you as a very valuable option 
you know, to, to, to make their dreams come true. Thank you so much for having me and the Pink Starlights. Thank you. And I just appreciate this so much. Thank you. Thank you. you. Have a beautiful day, Miss Lindsay. You Everybody else, I'll be back in a few minutes with your weekly poll. This is Jet here on School Through Spirit with WLTKTB.com. Thank you, dear. Bye-bye. Thank you. Everybody, welcome back. This is Diet here from, and uh, I'm just all flutter-gasted. School through Spirit with WLTKDB.com. I've had Miss Lindsay on for with um, hypno fertility today, and wow, what so much magical about. And I'm just saying magical, magical, magical. Hi, Lisa. Um, so much, and I will tell you what. If you are having issues, if you know somebody that's having issues. I shouldn't say the word issues, but having more difficulty becoming pregnant, holding a pregnancy, continuing that pregnancy, anything with pregnancy, please, please, please check out her books. Go to her website, download the free, um, the ebook, go in and I already know what the cards are going to say. Pull them anyway, please. You're welcome to. Um, but please go to her website, seek her services. Um, what a, what a what a magical thing what a magical thing and so much information because i will tell you what guys i was like you i thought we were just going to talk about getting pregnant and that was it and wow that was so far from the truth so i'm just so excited for that so please 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 take those moments to go in there check her out um just see what's about pass the information on to your loved ones um let's repopulate the world there we go. one baby at a time so let's do this with um, our cards today. Let's we're gonna use the Queen of the Moon Oracle deck today because I looked over and went, which one? Which one? And this is the one we're gonna pull. So because honestly, I thought about Todd and Todd was like, these are my new favorite cards. And we're gonna wait until close to October to bring out the Halloween deck again, obviously. But we're gonna do this. So let's pull these cards really quick. Let's make this happen. Okay, so card number one, as everybody knows, this is I call it five cards done with the Oracle deck. And what you're going to do is pick one card, two cards, all five cards, whatever you want to do. We're going to talk about them. And at the very end, I'm going to bring them all together as a full five card reading, if that's what you chose for yourself. Um, so card number one, ooh, is darkness, long night, moon, darkness. 
what are you not wanting to see in the shadows? What are you not wanting to see in the shadows if you pick card number one? I don't believe this. You are in the darkness. I don't believe this is, oh my gosh, scaredness, anything like this. I do believe it's more about the shadows because in the night of the moon, you know, you only are able to see so much. The sun's not up. You're not being able to see behind the corners. You're not seeing behind the trees. You're not seeing in where those shadows are. And things tend to look a little different in the moonlight than they do in the daylight. So if you're, if you pitch card number one, you need to start opening those eyes, seeing around the corner, seeing in the shadows, looking into those spots that maybe you don't want to look at and take your time with that. Card number two, power, full moon power. Oh my God, look at that card. I love that card. And I will tell you what, when I look at this card, I am hearing sitting in your power. And I'll tell you what, that's really kind of negative because nobody knows what the hell that means. Nobody knows what that means. But this means you looking at yourself, you knowing yourself and not letting anybody knock you off your pedestal that you have placed yourself on. Okay. Don't make it high pedestal. Make it more like a step. But this is you looking at you and yourself and going, you know what? I am truly an all-powerful being. I know myself. I know what I'm doing. I know what I want. And it's time for you to accept you as you are, okay? And the very valid, beautiful being that you are. Card number three is the unexpected. The unexpected. God, these cards are going someplace I never thought. So the unexpected, okay? You pick number card number three. I do feel like this is a card that's telling you to start looking at the things you never expected. I know that sounds really blasé, but it really is because so often we are looking at, we're planning this, we're seeing that, we're seeing that, but holy crap, when did that show up, you know, type of a thing. And I feel like if you pick card number three, that's what it is. Start to expect the unexpected. Start to expect the things that you thought you couldn't have or you didn't think you could that couldn't happen or you couldn't do. Start looking at those. Be open to that. Be open to the woohoo of life. You know, oh my gosh, who would have thought type of things. And if you pick that card, that's what we're looking at. Card number four, we have got the realization. Real, realization, realization, realization. I'm working on correct pronunciation, guys, not what's just in my head. <clears throat> but I like this. Because this card is telling me the light bulbs are going off. You pick card number four, the light bulbs are going to start going off. You're going to start to see things from the bigger perspective. You're going to start to see the things. This is where healing's going to occur. This is when the, oh my gosh, who would have thought, oh my gosh, I didn't realize, realization is happening, okay? You're looking through, like she is looking through a keyhole that's just got huge. She's no longer going pinpoint. She's looking through this huge thing going, wow, this is cool. And if you pick number four, that's exactly what's going on in your life. Now, card number five is the pleasure card. I like this card. I like this card. Look at that all around her. That is so awesome. Because if we did pick this, this is looking at, wow, if you pick card number five, this is like, Excuse me. Wow, I did it. This has happened. This has occurred. This is awesome. Here we go. Yes. And you're starting to feel it all. Truly happiness, true everything is coming to your life. You're starting to feel these things and you don't even know where they're coming from because seriously, you're not having to see puppies to feel this way. You're not having to see children born to see this way. You're just sitting in your moment. You're going, wow, this is cool. You're taking a bite of something and just 
being in the moment, you're being present, you're experiencing it. And that's if you pick card number five. So card number one was the darkness card. Card number two is the power. Card number three is the unexpected. Card number four is realiz realization. Realization. And card number five is pleasure. So when I look at these cards, I'm going to tell you, I do feel like this is a healing week, guys. And I know we've talked a lot about healing, but I think the cards are kind of pulling it too. Because when you look at this, it's truly the process of healing. So you're in this darkness, you're in this, you know what, not seeing everything, but you know what, and you're thinking, maybe I can't do this, maybe I can't do that, maybe I'm not supposed to do this, whatever it is, but you're in that moment of starting to look at yourself in a different realm, but as you're walking through this, you're really starting to realize, I can do this, who says I can't do that, and to start to see those things that you didn't expect, and start to look at yourself like, wow, I can say I want this, and boop, it shows up, all those types of things. You're going to start to realize who you are, guys. You're going to start to realize this. And you're going to start to bring that forward into yourself. Because when that starts to happen, like I said at the earlier of this show, you start to see everything from a different point of view. And you start to feel things. And it's so amazing when it does. Because you start to become somebody different. Someone you didn't expect. And you're just going, holy crap. I got it going on. And it's pretty cool when that happens. So let's pull an extra card like we do because I love the Beyond Lumeria cards. And I might have just said that for the first time the right way, Beyond Lumeria, because I've been telling spirit I get names. I've been telling spirit, you know what, I can pronounce names. And I'm trying really hard. So Beyond Lumeria, let's pull one of their beautiful cards and just kind of tie it all together, okay? So let's do this. Let's do this. I think we've pulled this to card before. I think. I'm not sure. It is She of the Lotus card. If there is a way to fast track growth, it is by being real with the shadowy or unloved parts of ourselves. Shadows can be painful and tender to touch. Sensitivity can be a trigger that shows us where we might want to spring clean some of our dark, forgotten, ignored, or hidden corners. Accepting our shadows is the first stage in restoring ourselves to wholeness and self-love. Peel back the layers. Where there is shame, guilt, or fear, and bring them into the daylight, under a loving and compassionate light, they will resolve and reassimilate, reminding us that on the flip side of the coin, these are our superpowers. And that, my friends, we cannot make up. Because I will tell you, we flip the book of Neil open when we talk about tragedy, go into the soul steps. The cards are talking about healing this week. The confirmation card is talking about healing this week. This is your week that you get to begin going, uh, and you're going to end up going, wow. And it's going to be a pretty magical week, guys. I really do. Um, I really do believe it's going to be pretty magical. So, guys, what do we have going on today with the station? What do we have going on with today with the station? Okay. Um, <clears throat> I got to bring that up. I got to bring it up. Where is it at? I gotta go to downloads and then I go to the current set because I'm I'm starting to figure out where I put everything, guys. I'm starting to put figure it maybe I haven't figured it out. Yeah, it's right there. So let's let's talk about what's going on today, guys. Um, we're just gonna start with the the you know the first weeks because I know other show hosts talk about different ones. So um, as always, Monday mornings we start with myself, Diet here on School Through Spirit at 9 a.m. Right after me at noon, we have Mike and Jen, Michael, Christopher, and Jen, and that is the No Agenda Show. No Agenda. 
phenomenal show. And then uh, tonight we do have Be the Change with Christina Bloom at 8 p.m. Okay. Um, tomorrow we have that full, full, full day of exploring the paranormal to have Lee at 9 a.m. Ane is on at 5, and she is going to do all your questions, all your comments, all your concerns with tarot and psychic abilities. Myself with Unfiltered with Jet and Mike at 6 p.m. tomorrow night. Moment to Moment with Linda Hope is at 7. Spirits are talking with Lisa Silverman are at 9 p.m. Paranormal Pete with Pete Orbeas at 10. Wednesdays, we start with Deidre Sanford, the self-care show at 10 a.m., the Psychic Hour with Kelly Frickle at 3 p.m., Soul Guidance with Rodney Blunt started last week at 6 p.m., Haunted Locations in 60 Minutes with Nick Sarlo and Diane Henry at 8 p.m. By the way, guys, it's Diana's birthday today, so wish her a great big happy birthday. See and Beyond with Kelly Eichhardt and Cheryl Murphy are at 9 p.m., uh, Thursdays is Chat with Charlie at 9 a.m. Universe with Stephanie Robb is um, at 6. Realm of Darkness with Ashley Moreno is at 7 p.m. Um, Passport to the Paranormal starts this week. Is it this week? I think it starts this week. It says it starts in June, so I'm going to say this week, and that's Dr. Heather Lee and Joe Frankie. Voice of Wellness with Amara Benet. Amara Benet is at 10 p.m. And then Fridays, we go back to Soul and Synergy Radio with Terry and Danny at 10 a.m. The Psychic Hour Reading Show is at 3 p.m. Twilight Tonight with Dee Dee Moonflyers at 6 p.m. And Haunted Voices with Todd Bates and Nicole Ford are at 10 p.m. And I'll tell you what, guys, we have a great, great, great lineup. Amazing host. It's awesome. But I need to tell you about my next week's guest. Got to tell you about next week's guest. You're going to love him because I know you already do love this man. Everybody loves him. He is awesome. You are going to love him. Um, and I will tell you, if you ever watch 20 days, 28 Days Haunted, have you watched it on Netflix? It's a freaking phenomenal show if you haven't. And if you haven't, you've got one week to binge watch. It's an awesome show. Oh, my God. But Nick Simons from 28 Days Haunting is going to be on next Monday. I have met him. I've spent, uh, you know, a, some time at um, at an event with him, Spirits in the Spring. He is a phenomenal man. I mean, this man knows his stuff. He's excellent. He has been in the grips of paranormal investigations. He has done the 28 Days Haunted, and he's going to come in to talk about his journey, that experience, and share with you guys the ins, the outs, and everything that happened. And truly, it's going to be a magical experience. So you don't want to miss next week's show, guys. Okay? Um, with that being said, I'm so happy you all showed up. I'm so happy we have done this again. And just the magic of what she spoke about today. And wow, wow, what a great show. For everybody else, I'll see you either next week or tomorrow night. But this has been Diet with School Through Spirit on WLTKDB.com. You see, guys. The truth is here and now on WLTKDB Talk Radio at WLTKDB.com.